Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. I'm looking forward to preaching this message because I probably need it more than anyone in here. I'm going to preach on stressed relief. Amen. How many has been stressed out this year? Raise your hand. All right. Some of you hadn't um, been stressed out at all. God bless you. You ought to come up here and counsel me. But um, we're going to have a wonderful time this Wednesday. I hope it's like the Thanksgiving service. How many was at the Thanksgiving service? Raise your hand. Boy, the praise uh, was a blessing uh, to His holy name. We don't come here to praise ourselves or praise each other. We come here to praise the Lord. Amen. And I know a lot of y'all got some great testimonies about God's grace. Amen. I know uh, uh, the Lord has got you through some tough situations. Think about uh, Miss Leslie's family and the grace of God on the home going of her daddy. And then uh, Carl Braswell fell down a flight of steps going to pray and read his Bible uh, just a few days ago. Now God gave them grace. Miss Becky and others has been through this chemo. And God's given you grace. We ought to praise God for it, amen? Maybe we ought to just start breaking out in praise right now, amen? Just forget the preaching. No, we're not going to do that, amen? Y'all praise an hour, I'll preach an hour, amen? Josh, you ought to be really praising God, amen? There with your fiance in church this morning, that's good. Amen. Thank the Lord. All us men ought to praise God for our lives. Amen. We buried up. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. I think about my wonderful wife this week because we spent a lot of time. Christmas Day, we're all by ourselves, you know. And uh, she seemed pretty happy. That, that was a blessing. I thought, praise God, she's still smiling. Amen. Ain't no kids around, no babies around. They were all there the day before. We broke the rules. But, um, Thank the Lord for His grace and thank God for this year, but there has been some stress. I'm going to define stress for you in just a minute, but I want us to look from the Word of God. And the reason people are stressed out is they're trying to live their own life. I'll tell you why you're stressed out. You're trying to handle your own problems. I'll tell you why you're stressed out. You're trying to live this life in your own strength. You're stressed in the flesh. And the flesh will stress you out. There's a lot of things that we cannot handle. A uh, pandemic is something that you cannot handle and no president or no scientist or no one can handle it. Only God can handle the stress that comes along with what God allows in our life. But I want you to look at these great verses, some of my favorite verses uh, in the Word of God. And let's look at uh, chapter 40 and let's stay in awe of the Word of God. Verse 28 through 31. I mean, blessed to be here this morning. Amen. And I know your heart's with those that cannot be here. Even some that cannot listen to the broadcast as they faithfully do because they're in the hospital. I think every hospital room ought to have uh, uh, Wi-Fi and Whitfield Baptist Church broadcasting. Can you arrange that, Miss Kathy? Go ahead and get that at Hamilton Medical. That'd be a blessing. But um, thank the Lord for the media team. Amen. Uh, they've really done a great job this year. And uh, that's one of the blessings of this past year is to see us take the gospel into homes as never before. How to handle stress. Look at verse 28. Isaiah 40. Everybody with me say amen. It says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, amen, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. In other words, none of this has caught God off guard. Look at verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. How many ever fainted? Say amen. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's go to Lord in prayer. You may be seated as I pray. And I appreciate all of you being here this morning. It's a good crowd. One good thing about this social distancing, 
It looks full every Sunday, even though it's half full. Amen. And not half empty. Father, thank you for the blessed song about putting a song in our heart. And Lord, we know it's because we're saved, saved, saved. And God help us never get over it. And Lord, thank you, dear Lord, that we're not only, not only saved, but we're sanctified. And may I say we're satisfied with your presence, even in a pandemic. And so Lord, help us to realize how to handle stress. And the fact of the matter is, and the point of the whole message is, we can't handle it. And there's a lot of things you put in our life that we can never handle. But God, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can't handle. So Lord, help us to stop tracing you and start trusting you in these times of stress. We're going to thank you and praise you for giving us encouragement, God giving us direction, and giving us more faith to trust your holy name during these times. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I love that song, in times like these, we need a Savior. And I don't know how anyone could ever live in 19, or 2020, 19, 2020, and not be saved. Matter of fact, I believe that's why so many people are getting saved in this past year, is because they realize they had not got a handle on this thing called life. They haven't got everything together. And they can't make it without the living God. Say amen. He that hath the, li- hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You're just existing. The devil has come to steal and to kill. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Thank the Lord. Folks, I believe that some people are emotionally fatigued. You ever just been emotionally fatigued? I mean physically drained and spiritually defeated. And the reason is stress. But there's hope. There's hope in these verses. And folks, there's hope in the Word of God. And when I read verses like this, I just thank God that it's the greatest stress reliever in the whole world. Uh, You ever fainted? You know, fainting can be triggered by a number of factors, uh, including fear. Some people have fainted because of fear. Uh, Emotional trauma. Uh, Severe pain. A sudden drop in blood pressure. You can faint. Um, Low blood blood sugar due to diabetes. You can faint. Uh, Hyperventilation. Dehydration. They drink plenty of water. My mother always said that. Now I'm listening. Um, standing in one position too long, you can faint. Um, here's one. Standing up too quick, you can faint. Uh, taking all that medication you have to take, older people, you can flat faint if you're not careful. Amen? Uh, coughing too hard. Physical exertion. Uh, strength, I won't write, read that one. Uh, consuming drugs or alcohol seizures can cause you to faint. But I want to tell you what, folks, you can faint spiritually. You know, a lot of people are passing out. Some people will never come back to this church because they've been stressed out. And I believe that it's out of the will of God to, to faint in the time of adversity. I believe that we need to be faithful. If there's ever a time that we need to shine and be salt, it's now. Hey, folks, as old, old, Lester Roloff used to preach. Listen to him now. Don't pass out yet. As Lester Roloff used to preach, he said it's, there's no place to park. I believe that. Amen. He fought the government. He fought the uh, uh, Texas state government. He fought the United States government to keep his homes free and not be under all these um, rich, uh, what do you call them, codes and all this stuff that they were trying to put on him, and he never fainted. Matter of fact, he just soared on up when he died. Uh, the plane crashed. The plane went down, but he and the girls were probably singing uh, Psalms 121, my help coming from the Lord, amen? And they just went on up, soared on up. Let me just give you three things real quick. I'm going to give you three points and no point. I want you to see, first of all, the problem of stress. In verse 28, The Bible says, Hast thou not known, and describes the Lord 
the creator of the ends of the earth, and he says he faints not. But verse 29, it says he giveth power to the faint. So there's two, there's two categories of people here, or one person, uh, categories of, of person, and that's a person that's fainting. And then there's a reminder, you need not because God is still on the throne. And he never faints. He never, never takes a break. Almighty God is omnipotent. He's all-knowing. The Bible says in verse uh, 28, look at it, the everlasting God. Folks, he's everlasting. He's not going to wear out. He's not going to give up. Folks, he lives. He conquered death, hell, and the grave for you, and he can handle your problems. Amen. If he can save your soul, he can help you during times of tribulation and trials. He's almighty God. But there's another uh, verse here that says, but we faint. We faint. Look at verse uh, 29. It says, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Just exhausted. Verse 30 says, even the youth shall faint. And be weary, and young men shall utterly fail. You know, young people think they're invincible, and they think there's nothing that's going to ever stop them. But I want to tell you something, friend. We cannot handle life, no matter how young you are, how strong you are, how determined you are, how educated you are, how uh, smart you think you are, without God. You'll never handle life without God. Stress. Let me just give you a definition of it. It's the gap between the demands that are placed upon us and our ability to meet those demands. That's the stress factor. Stress is a gap between uh, what we ought to do and what we don't do. We get overwhelmed. You kind of get a chart in your mind. On one side, it's what you want to do and desire to do and should do and ought to do. Here's all these demands on our life. But on the other side, all those things we're so much aware of today and our weaknesses and our inability and our lack of knowledge and our faults and our sins. See, folks, we can't handle this. We can't handle problems. But we can let God handle it through us. We say, I won't. I ought to. But I can't. Romans chapter 7, Paul said it. I, I don't want to do bad and I end up doing it. I'll read that later. Uh, I don't want to, uh, I want to be good, but I, there's not good within me. Oh, wretched man that I am. And he went on to say it, I think it's 13 times. I, 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 I. And he was saying, I can't, I can't, I can't make it. Praise God, he got out of Romans 7 and got in Romans 8 and said, But the Spirit. But the Spirit. I got a message. I ought to preach it sometime soon. Because I preached about 20 years ago on get out of Romans 7 and get into Romans 8. Folks, get out of the flesh and get in the Spirit. Hey, the, the Bible says that John said in the, on the Lord's day I was in the Spirit. Well, I believe every day is the Lord's day. And I want you to ask you this question. In, in 2020, why I keep going back to 19. In 2020, was you in the flesh or the spirit most of the time? I believe most of us was driven to our knees. I believe most of us are still being driven to our knees. Folks, there's things we can't handle, like the death of a loved one, a baby getting sick, uncertainties. Um, you know, it used to be the empty nest syndrome. You know, some people can't handle it when their children grow up. They won't even let them grow up. And uh, some people celebrate when they, when they grow up and move out. I don't understand that. But now we have a refeathered nest. Many have gone out into life, and in their 30s and 40s, they've come home and lived with mama. I'll tell you worse yet, there's many grandparents that are raising children because the kids are not doing what they ought to do. Say amen. Y'all know some of those? And folks, I want to tell you something. Grandparents can't raise children uh, uh, when they get older like we think we can. Amen? 
but there's refeathered nests instead of an empty nest. There's broken homes. There's bills that need to be paid. Folks, um, some are walking wounded. They've been uh, uh, deserted, and, and there's divorce, the trauma of all traumas uh, for a child and, and for a family. And folks, there's symptoms of upset stomach and ulcers and shortness of breath, chest pains, headaches, fatigue, boredom, uh, temper tantrum, irritability, mood swings, forgetfulness, all this stuff, insomnia. Uh, some people can't sleep, except when I preach. But they can't sleep. And folks, I want to, because they're worrying about things. But I want to tell you something, friend. All this is because we're trying to handle stress in the flesh. We're trying to handle our lives in our own capacity. And folks, it's way beyond us. And here's the hope. Number two, the provision of sufficiency. I love this verse. It says, but they. First of all, verse 30 says, even the youth shall faint, be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not, not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This is a wonderful promise from the Word of God. Folks, first of all, we see the ability to fly in a rug, the rugged times of life. I say in soar, uh, when the storm comes, and you know, it's a beautiful study of the eagle. Don't you love to study nature? Folks, God designed the eagle in such a magnificent way. He has a, a, a visors that come down over his eyes. And when he's being uh, attacked by vultures or, or some uh, other uh, situation, he can soar to the sun directly and, and uh, not lose his sight. Uh, he, can so high, he can soar higher and faster. The average speed for an eagle is 50 miles an hour, but in a storm, he's been clocked at 80 to 90 miles an hour. That's an eagle that's moving out. Say amen. And folks, when a storm comes and he's on the cliff of life, he spies the hot terminal, terminal uh, drafts that are coming up early in the morning. The storm's about to soar. He just... Uh, expands his wings and soars with the flow. Now get the picture, friend. A lot of us are panicking, we're pouting, and we're pitiful when we could soar with the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with, uh, with wings as eagles. And folks, just as uh, I don't understand how those big old planes uh, get off the ground. You ever been on one, Jeremy? And you know, and you're uh, you're gonna fly for about 18 hours without a stop, and folks, that's when your prayer life gets caught up real quick. It did, it did mine, amen. And that's why I go every two years, whether I want to or not. But uh, not every year because I don't like that long flight. But I think, how in the world? I look around and I see some people heavier than I am, and I see as Miss Mimi always does. She packs everything but the kitchen sink because Amy's got this list of these essentials, Miss Bernella, you know all about it. I mean, packing those duffel bags and then killing your back trying to st stand on the weights and make sure they're not overweight and you got Kellogg's Corn Flakes and you got, um, what's that uh, uh, colorful uh, um, cereal? What's it called? What? Pebble, fruity Pebbles! You got it all packed in there because they can't get that over there. You got Dr. Peppers you're, you're smuggling in South Africa, I mean, they can't get that either. You got Taco Bell sauce. You got all this stuff packed in these bags. And man, you y'all know what I'm talking about. And about 20 bags you're packing. And amen, you're wondering, hey, listen, I put all that weight on this on this thing. How in the world is this thing going to get off? Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the miracle of aerodynamics. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you look at an eagle's wings, look at it. It says, and they renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. God has designed an eagle to soar. Not to flutter, not to flop, but to soar. And folks, it's so wonderful when the winds and the storms blow against the eagle's wings, 
the way it's been designed, it lifts them up above the storm. And folks, when you see the Bible and you realize that God means every word and His word is powerful, when He says as eagle wings, you need to study what He's talking about. He's saying, friend, no storm should get you down, but it ought to help you soar above that storm. I'm not talking about charismatic praise God anyway and it's not existing. Folks, it does exist. But we can praise God, not that the storm is not real, but that God is real and God is relevant and God is strong and God is able to overcome any storm in your life. That is a stress relief. Thank God that we can mount up with wings as eagles and we can fly even in the storms. 50 miles an hour normally, but when a storm comes and those thermal uh, airways come up from that valley and he gets a hold of that uh, uh, jet stream, thank God he can get up to 80 and 90 miles an hour and he can get higher and higher and he can look towards the sun and it won't blind. What a wonderful design. And folks, God has designed us to trust Him. God has designed us to glorify Him. And one of the greatest ways you can glorify God is in the storm, in the stress. That you don't get stressed out and faint. But praise God, you spread your wings of faith and you see, as the eagle does, further. I love this thought. The Lord sees beyond the valley and sees the mountain peaks. The Lord's rainbow of grace bridges the gap of our emptiness and even our judgment. And thank God we can soar as eagle's wings. We can see miles as the eagle sees miles. But folks, we can see spiritually and we can see the other side of the storm. What a great song that is. We can see the other side of the storm. How many of you have been through some terrible storms in your life? And you've come through those storms and now you can say, praise God, praise God, the Lord is enough. Not that I'm enough, not that my willpower was enough, not that my maneuvering was enough, not that my manipulation was enough, not that my figuring was enough. I didn't faint because I had faith. Should be your testimony. I didn't faint because I had faith. But some people don't like the flying lessons. Turn to Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. I mean, had a good Christmas, say amen. Thank the Lord. Some of you didn't, so just say oh me. Anyway, you're saved. You ought to have, you ought to say amen. Deuteronomy 32, verse 11, please. The Bible says, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, floodeth over her young, spreading abroad her wings, taking them, bearing them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange... God with him. Now notice the flying training. It says the eagle stirreth up the nest and fluttered over her young, spreading abroad her wings and taking them and bearing them on her wings. Now folks, there's some great training that goes on in the eagle's lives. The eaglets are served filet mignon worms by mama regularly. They have everything they need. They have the nest that's prepared by Mama Eagle. And they have those nests and they're just little little eaglets. But one day, she says, it's time to grow up. It's time to fly up. It's time to become a strong eagle. And what does she do? Bring some more worms? No. Bring some more feathers? No. i tell you what she does. She comes home one day. And the kids think that she is in tr she has gone mad, that she's had a bad day at the eagle's work. And she starts fluttering, and she starts forcing them out of the nest. And she begins to stir up 
a little storm in the nest and makes them go over the edge and they start falling and falling and falling. And sometimes they fly and sometimes they're slow learners. <laughs> I'm enjoying this if y'all aren't anyway, praise God. But anyway, and they, they'll fall in Brother Randy, they fall, but thank God the Bible says that she swoops down and she bears them up on eagle's wings. See, the Lord wants to stir us up during this 2020. And if you hadn't got stirred up, and if you hadn't grown up, and if you hadn't soared up, you've missed the whole point of the storm. God allows us to go through storms to be more like him and to be stronger and to have more faith. Not to give up and not to get bitter and not to stress out and not to regress and not to backslide, but praise God, upslide. But not just upslide, but praise God, soar like an eagle. In other words, God brings diverse tribulation in our lives, James chapter 1, to give us wisdom. And what is that wisdom? Not to waste the trouble. He upbraideth not. He won't fuss at you when he has to correct you during the storms of life, allows storms in your life. But he gives wisdom liberally. And then you're not a double-minded man, for a double-minded man has nothing, can ask nothing. And we live by faith. James is a book of maturity. And it starts out with, hey, when the Lord allows divers tribulation or temptation or trials. Have faith. Ask liberally for wisdom. And he'll give it to you. And I believe it's wisdom not to waste the storm. And so folks, don't stress out. Don't be pitiful. Don't panic. Um, don't regress and definitely don't backslide. But soar. Soar. And then number two, I believe that uh, the, the provision of sufficiency talks about running. Not only soaring, but running. Go back to our text real quick. Go back to our text. In Isaiah chapter 40, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall what? Run. It didn't say sit, sitting bulls. It didn't say get stagnant. It didn't say regress. It didn't say be so indifferent that they think you're just, just giving up. He didn't say faint. He said run, run. And folks, the ability to run in the rush of life. Some have rigorous lives. But I want to tell you something, folks. Some have a lot of deadlines. And some have a lot of pressure. And folks, we need to run with God. We need to run with God. We need to realize that God has called us to be about the Father's business. I almost preached on that this morning, how to have a perennial Christmas. God's called us to be about the Father's business. As Dr. Lester Oliver said, there's no place to part. There's no place to regress. And I'll just be, the, be honest with you, there's no place to rest and go to sleep, spiritually speaking, in these last days. Folks, heaven's going to be the place of rest. We need to stay after it. We need to keep on winning souls. We need to keep running those buses. We need to keep having Sunday school. I know we've had to be safe, but I want to tell you something, friend. I don't plan on regressing after this thing's over. I plan on progressing. And I believe we ought to get more aggressive in soul winning. I believe we ought to open up more ministries and we ought to do more things. It thrills me. we got the FBI, a new ministry. Who's starting new ministries around here? Well, thank God we are. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just led of the Spirit. That folks, we don't need to back down to the world. We don't need to back down to the stressful life. We don't need to cower out. We need to be courageous. We need to run. Somewhere in Africa, Brother Jeremy, in South Africa, there's a gazelle. And a gazelle who wakes up in the morning says, I cannot run today. Uh, I, I, I cannot run today. Uh, I got to run today faster than the line. 
or I'll be in the same area of South Africa. A lion wakes up and says, if I cannot run faster than the slowest gazelle, I'll starve to death. So both gazelle and lion wake up running, running. Satan's like a roaring lion. He's wanting to devour you in trials and tribulations. He wanted to devour your faith. He wanted to devour your testimony this past year. But the Bible says we can run. And folks, I'm not talking about running from the storm, but I'm talking about running during the storm away from Satan and running to the arms of God and trusting him as King of Kings, the everlasting God, the creator and savior of your soul that can handle your stress. And so we see the ability to run. But I see one more thing in this verse for our close. The Bible says, they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. The ability to walk, may I say in the routine, I mean day in and day out, God will give strength to fly like an eagle. He'll give you strength to run in the rush of life. Praise God, He'll give you the strength to walk in the routine times of everyday life. Yes, there's rigors, storms, rush, deadlines. But folks, there's also the routine. God wants you to be faithful every day. If I give you a key for the coming year, it would be to know the will of God, be in the will of God, love the will of God, live in the will of God. You say, how can I know the will of God? Well, I'm glad you've asked. For here it is. It's the Word of God. And the Bible says seven times, day by day. I won't go into it because I do every year, every year. I mean, without fail, I'm going to bring out this day by day stuff. Because Gordon Carpenter gave it to us on a, on a men's retreat, and I ain't got over it. But day by day. It's mentioned seven times in the Word of God. Now, if you've got a funny Bible, it's probably something providentially hindered, or I don't know what, what it says when day by day, routinely, or I don't know what it says. I don't want to know what it says. But my Bible says day by day. And the first mention of day by day is in Genesis chapter 39, where it says we ought to resist temptation day by day. Amen. Second Chronicles, it says we ought to worship day by day. Hey, Nehemiah says we ought to be faithful in the calling of working for him and serving him day by day. But you know, the, the last part says that we ought to be filled with the Spirit of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, day by day. And Luke chapter 11 says we ought to ask God for provisions daily, day by day, our bread. Say amen. Now you can go ahead and study that sometime, but I want to tell you something, friend. If you want to overcome stress, then day by day, you need to be in the will of God. Day by day, you need to trust God. Day by day, I mean doing the rituals of life, from washing dishes uh, to building a great carpet uh, industry, from uh, raising babies uh, to uh, being the President of the United States. It's day by day. Day by day, God gives you strength in the regular humdrum times of life where you don't think you're accomplishing much, where you might not be noticed. But I want to tell you something, folks. God has called you to trust the living God day by day, problem by problem, crisis by crisis, deadline by deadline. Day by day will set you free. And folks, when you walk, it's one step at a time. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to look at it, please. I got about 10 minutes, according to my clock. Nobody sets a time on me. You probably should. I thought when I got older, I'd be more brief, but I think I'm getting longer-winded. Because I forget what I'm, I said, so I'm going to say it again. No, but anyway, look at Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1, 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But folks, after he says that, that we're blessed in heavenly places, and how many agree to that, amen? 
Folks, you're set free from stress because there's a living, everlasting God that's still on the throne and he faints not. He faints not. Elijah prodded the false prophet and says, hey, I believe your God is asleep. I believe your God slumbereth. Maybe he's on vacation. But my living God's about to send fire. <laughs> Amen, and he did. Whew, what a what a story. But I want you to know something else about Ephesians. Seven times there's a word mentioned. I'm just going to give it to you briefly. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power there, the spirit that now work, worketh in the children of disobedience, you walked according to the course of this world. I feel sorry for anyone that's living in the flesh today, that's living with the focus of this world, that's living with pride of life in their life, and they're walking to the course of the devil. The Satan's literally stressing them out. In recent days, I've heard of several young men in their 20s had everything going for them commit suicide. There's nothing that will comfort a parent's heart after one commits suicide. I can't imagine putting, putting myself in their place. I preached a funeral one time of a great star of Dalton football team, all-state lineman, big old guy, Terry Deason. Committed suicide. And three weeks later, I preached his mother's funeral because she followed and committed suicide because she couldn't couldn't handle it. What drives a person to do that? I'll tell you what drives a person to do that: handling their problems in the flesh and not realizing that with God there is no time we should rent our robes as priests of God. Leviticus chapter ten verse six. It's a death sentence to a priest. And there's no time that we ought to lose hope. And there's no time that God is not loving and caring for us. And there's no time to give up. Give up. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God before, before ordained that we should walk in them. Folks, God has ordained us to walk in His will and in His strength and for His glory. And folks, it's not about you or you're going to be stressed out. It's about Him. Can somebody help this preacher this morning by saying at least amen right there? Amen. I had to beg for that one. But folks, I want to tell you something. There's no time. We ought to live for our will, for our rights, for our life, for our fun, for our accomplishments. It'll stress you out. Praise God, we can walk in His workmanship. I was discussing in Sunday school about that great verse where Paul said, I baptize none of you, and how the Church of Christ and Catholic Church are so wrong when they think baptism is a part of salvation. Let me give you another verse. It's proof, positive evidence that you're not saved uh, by baptism. Verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself as a gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Baptism is a work. You're not saved by works. But when you're saved, you work. Amen? When you're saved, you have fruit. And one of the fruit of a great Christian is this. You do not quit. You're faithful. Because to someone, you're the best Christian they know. And if you're going to go AWOL and retreat and give up and get bitter during this pandemic, what's their hope? No, they'll go to hell saying, he quit, she quit, she stressed out, she, 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 she lost it, he lost it, uh, she had a nervous breakdown, he had a nervous breakdown. He, he even drove himself to... To commit suicide. And the lost and dying world look on and say, where is God? 
And I'll tell you where God is. He's on the throne. He's an everlasting God. He's a God that we should never lose faith in. And then I see Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you're called. Hey, all the blessings come from heaven, but God says seven times, walk, 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 one step at a time, by faith, just keep on going, keep on going, mount up with wings as eagles, fly and run and walk and don't faint because he's God. Not because you're something, but he's everything you need. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17, the Bible says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Folks, here's a walk that we get trapped into sometimes. The vanity of our minds. We start walking and stepping to what pleases us. What brings preeminence to us. What brings glory to us. And folks, he says you shouldn't walk like those lost people. You ought to walk for God and walk as his workmanship, and walk by faith, and walk worthy. Look at Ephesians 5, 2 now. Don't you love to study the Bible? Say amen. It says in Ephesians 5, 2, but fornication and all cleanliness, excuse me, I'm back in, I'm in verse 3, that's good too. Verse 2, and walk in what class? Love. As Christ also hath loved us and has given himself for us, as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. You know how we ought to walk? Colossians 4, 5 says this, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. I'll tell you why so many people are stressed out. They forgot their calling to win souls. They forgot their calling to serve the living God. They forgot their calling to love the unlovable, the unlovely, and the unloving. They forgot their calling to be a vessel of love, to walk, to get up and run, to soar over the storms of life. Why? Because you love God, but you love others, and you don't love yourself so much. So I'm going to tell you what's going to stress you out. You're going to think this party's about you, but it's not. It's about him. You're going to think this life's about you, but it's not. It's about Him. And folks, what we need to do is get up every morning and say, Dear God, show me somebody I can love. Show me a need that I need to meet. Show me a place that I can minister. Show me a person that's more discouraged than I am and let me help pick them up through your power, your word, and your strength. And folks, you'll forget about your little old self when you start serving and walking in love. And so the Bible says all our blessings are from heaven. But then he goes on and seven times says walk, walk, walk. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 8. It says for you are sometimes, you were sometimes in darkness. Remember one of those days you was lost? It's pitiful, wasn't it? Good night. But now, but now, but now, your light, you... Are ye the light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. So here it is, friend. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with the wings of eagles, and you can soar over the, of the rigors of life. You can run through the rush of life. But praise God, you can walk in the routine of life. And you walk towards them that are without. And you walk in this stressful, disappointing, unpredictable year called 2020 as light. I'm going to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to smile by faith. I have to do that a lot. Because I don't feel like smiling. But I know you need my smile more than you need my frown. And so when I'm sitting up here, you won't find me slumping, slooping, sorry for myself, drowning. Praise God, 
I'll smile by faith, whether I feel like it or not, and sooner or later, I'll feel like it. <laughs> Amen. I'm not, li- I'm not smiling by fake. I'm smiling by faith. Because I know you need my smile more than I- you need my frown. And God has called us to exhort one another. And so folks, listen. I'll give you one more. I ain't got the main part of my message, but that's going to be next Sunday morning. This is my last time to preach this year. It really is. Brother Underwood's preaching tonight. Brother Younger Cofield's preaching. Brother Gage's preaching Wednesday. I'm finished. My year's over. Praise God. I'm kind of relaxing about it. Amen. I'm going to sit on the front row and just enjoy every bit of it. I'll be here. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's been a good year. And I have enjoyed the Lord this year. I've enjoyed His grace. I've enjoyed seeing you stay together. I've enjoyed seeing you love each other. I've enjoyed seeing God keep a church together and make it even stronger in the storms of life. That's what I've enjoyed. How about you? You say, I enjoyed a blooming bit of it. Okay? That's why nobody's sitting with you either. No, but anyway, look at Ephesians 5, 15. The Bible says this. I'm getting there. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then it goes on to say, and be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. You need to walk in the Spirit. It's the only way to walk. It's the only way to have victory when you're going to work. The same work that you've worked at for years and you're so bored with. It's the same work. It's the same spirit. It's the same walk when you're training children to serve and love God. And one day when you're dead and gone, they'll go on like a relay race and serve the Lord. It's worth it. Hey, the Holy Spirit, verses 21 through 33 will make you sweet to your wife and your wife to your husband and the children obedient, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And you'll have a happy home. You'll have more than a happy home, Josh. You'll have a holy home. Because without the Spirit of God, no two sinners can meet each other's needs. But praise God when two sinners are saved, sanctified, and thrilled, filled, and satisfied, they overflow to each other. Woo! I can't wait to the couple's retreat. I'm already making reservations. Amen. But wait a minute. Victory is day by day. Step by step. Living the Christian life in the promise of His strength. Let's read this verse and we'll close. Our text, Ephesians 4.31. Next week, I'll preach to you four ways to wait on the Lord. Don't you ever think waiting on the Lord's getting stagnant. Don't you ever think that waiting on the Lord's just being isolated and stop. That's not what this word means. But the Bible says, but they, we better back up to verse 30 for context. Even the youth shall faint and be weary stressed out and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles during the storms they shall run they shall run and not be weary they shall walk I don't know about you, but I'm glad that verse that we read first says that the Lord never faints. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we don't need to faint. We don't need to be stressed out, cop out, wipe out, and blow out. What we need to do is just let God live through us and be manifested as His workmanship. We're just the frame. He's the vessel. 
We're just the vessel. He's the treasure. We're just the temple. He's the power. And praise God, He gets the glory when you faint not. Our Father, thank You for this message. I needed it. I got three fingers pointing back at me when I got one pointing to the congregation. You know that. And Lord, often I let stress come in. And Lord, I want to expel it even right this moment while I'm giving this invitation. While I'm trying to pastor this church for 43 years. While I'm trying to be an example to the younger. While I'm trying to be faithful. While I'm trying to smile by faith. And God rejoice by faith. And walk and take each step by faith <clears throat> and being filled with your spirit is our prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I hope this message has helped you half as much as it's helped me. Because I don't believe it's God's will for you to live in stress and depression because it'll lead to some things that'll break people's hearts and yours too. But I believe it's God's will for you to Mount up with wings as eagles and fly and to run and to walk by faith in the everlasting, never fainting God. Have me say, preacher, the message has helped me, but I need prayer in this area. Would you please pray with me and for me? Would you slip up your hand and say, I don't want to get stressed anymore. I want to give all my stress to God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something. Stress hits young people. Stress hits children. Stress hits couples and parents. Stress hits the rich, the ones that's wealthy and have everything. But praise God, we as believers must believe that He's the everlasting God that will never leave us nor forsake us. Is there anybody to say, Preacher, I'm not even saved. I don't have the Spirit of God, and I can't claim the promises of God. The soar during the storms. And if you talk about a storm, hell is going to be the worst storm you'll ever be in. It'll be forever and ever and ever without relief. That's what the Bible says. It's mentioned 83 times in the Bible, and Jesus preached on hell 13 times. So it's got to be real because it's the Word of God. But you say, Preach, I'm not even saved. My life is stressed out, and I need help. I need a home called heaven and I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer and say I'm not even saved but I want to be. I won't come to you. I won't do the most I could ever do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Anyone? Our Father which art in heaven we just want to hallow your name. We want to praise you to give us day by day our daily bread. Lord thank you that thy kingdom come and thy will will be done. We'll just yield and get out of the way and <clears throat> trust you. Lord, I'm so glad that your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And God, we dare not try to bring you down on manageable terms. We, just, we dare not try to trace you during this past year. But Lord, we dare to trust you. So Lord, give us more faith as our prayer. In Jesus' name.